0: Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club and welcome our authors, the strong and powerful Scott Trench and Mindy Jensen. Welcome. Thank you for, having, for having us. us. Dang, excited to have you all on. Scott is the CEO of Bigger Pockets. Pockets, and Mindy is the host of the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. They are the authors of First Time Home Buyers, The Complete Playbook for Avoiding Rookie Mistakes. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, some more about your work, and what motivated you to put pen to paper.
1: I was born in a small town in Southern Illinois, (laughs) and then I I moved, and 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 I don't identify With people who are afraid to move. I am sitting in my 28th house that I've lived in, not that I've owned, but I've owned a lot of them too. And it is not that scary. I want, but I've also, since I've done it so many times, I know how it goes. And it's a big process. If you don't know what you're doing, it is super easy to make a very costly financial mistake that has uh, detrimental effects to your financial future for decades to come. And Scott and I are a little bit of uh, money nerds, and we decided to sit down and do a collective brain dump. This is all that I know about buying real estate. This is all that I know about buying real estate. And here's how you can make a sound financial decision when you're buying a literally the largest purchase you've ever made
2: yeah and and i'm uh uh i guess i I guess you could say I, I got i became obsessed with the concept of financial independence very early in life and you know raced towards that for my personal um my, my you know me and um, and now I'm kind of obsessed with this idea of making it available to the masses because the more people that become financially free, the more people that are going to go on to do creative downstream things to advance the interests of society, like start businesses or nonprofits or go run for office or just live happier, healthier lives in a, in a general sense. And so, uh, the the purpose of Bigger Pockets is to help make that accessible to as many people as possible. In the context of that, the largest biggest financial decision that most people are making in their adult lives um is gonna be their first time home purchase. And done incorrectly, that you know, you can it can feel like you're achieving the American dream, but it can really be a cage um, that's gonna that's gonna cripple your ability to become financially free or or have a lot of downstream options in life done incorrectly. And that's really, I think, one of the, the big drivers of the book for me is to help people make a decision that Helps them understand the consequences of a bad strategic or tactical choice in buying their first home, and what that can do to their options downstream.
0: So, uh, Mindy gave us a little bit of a flex with 28 homes. What uh, what uh, home are you at, Scott?
2: I uh, grew up <laughs> in a small town in Maryland. And I never moved. Uh, <laughs> I lived there <laughs> my entire childhood. My parents still live in that same house. Um, and I have only moved three times uh, in my adult life: once from an apartment complex to a duplex to another duplex to my current residence. So I don't move nearly as much as Mindy, and I hate moving. Um, but but I would say we have a different perspective on that one. I, my first home purchases were actually investment properties that I rehabbed, fixed up, and then moved out and kept as rentals.
0: Got it. All right, so the psychology of moving 28 times, Mindy, let's, let's kind of peel back those layers. Is there something wrong with you or is there something right with you?
1: <laughs> uh, yes. There is both something wrong with me and something right with me. I am not a military brat. I'm a corporate brat. And my dad would move from location to location. And sometimes he would change jobs to move to the different location. And sometimes his company would transfer him. Um, But I moved around quite a bit when I was a kid. And then when I became an adult like, I'm going to set down roots. I'm not going to do the renting all the time because a renting is throwing away your money, um, in my mind. And I don't want to continue to move forever. (laughs) Uh, What is that saying? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I bought a condo, my very first house. And then I was single at the time. I met a guy who had a house. Why would I live in a condo when I could live in a house? So we sold the condo And I made a lot of money, uh, relatively speaking. I had bought it for $50,000. I sold it for $75,000. And at the time, that was a year's salary. Um, This was several years ago. That was a year's salary. And I'm like, wait a second. I can just make a house look a little bit nicer and sell it for a lot more money. Let's do that again. So we did. We fixed up his house and sold it. And then we bought another house and fixed it up and sold it. And, 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 and. And now we're in our ninth or 10th Live in flip. Um, Scott made a comment that his first house he bought was an investment property. And one of the things that I want to point out is that your home is not an investment unless you purposely purchase it as an investment. If you buy a very nice house that's already fixed up and looks beautiful. That's not an investment property. That is a home that you're buying. You are spending probably market price. In this market, you're spending more than market price to buy this house. I buy dumps and I get a significant discount off the purchase price because it is smoke-filled or hideously ugly or both. (laughs) Or it has a pool in the backyard in an area of the world where nobody wants a pool. And I move in. I make it beautiful and then I sell it at the top dollar price because it is so beautiful now. It doesn't smell like smoke anymore. It probably still has the pool. I've never filled in a pool yet. Um, I say yet because the house I'm in now actually does have a pool and I probably will fill it in before I sell it. Um, But your home can be an investment if you purchase it properly. And uh, that's one of the the. well, that's the beginning section of the book is how to look at your house and your house purchase in a different way. Um, In the beginning of buying a house, many people will frequently go to the lender and say, how much house can I get approved for? Well, I will approve you for $500,000. Great, hello, agent. I want to look at houses that cost $500,000 without really running the numbers and seeing how much your monthly payment is going to be. And that's a really great way to get in over your skis very quickly.
2: Yeah, that just is. to to piggyback on that, the the housing as most Americans purchase or rent it is an expense. It's not an investment. Um, if you buy, if if you're buying a house at the top end of your your spectrum, you're you're losing more wealth than if you buy less house. And this is an obvious concept that's overlooked but you you can turn it into an investment. But again, as most people are doing it, it's not an investment. And the question then becomes, what's the least expensive way to live? Or how do I turn my house into an investment? And that's the strategy of, of, of buying a home. We kind of break the book or the process of buying a home into three phases. One is this strategy concept, understanding that housing is an expense, not an investment. The more you buy, the less wealth you get understanding your exit options you're not going to live in the property forever most likely and at the end, when the day comes when you want to leave you know there's there's three ways that this will turn out one is you're going to you're going to live in the property happily ever after which does happen sometimes but is rarer than people think you're going to sell the property ideally you're going to do that at a gain or you're going to rent the property out either as a short-term or a long-term rental. And ideally, you're gonna do that at a profit. So you can do all of these things in a bad way. You could live in the property forever unhappily because you're stuck. You can sell the property at a loss and you could rent it out for a loss and subsidize someone else's life. But the goal, of course, is to give yourself all three of those options as a positive. If you're in a position where you can, hey, I can keep living here forever happily, or I can rent it out and generate a nice cash flow, or I can sell it at a profit, that's the option we wanna place as many people in as possible okay obviously the, the more of those three things are true the better off you are and there's going to be a trade-off along side along that continuum where that the house that is the best place to live might be the worst place to rent or might have the least prospects of appreciation or ability for you to sell it again um, so rant over it I don't know if we Want to go dive any further on those exit options, or move no, to other I, parts of strategy, I, or
0: anything like that? I, I appreciate that all all very much, and I I think that that definitely makes sense. Mindy, you 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 mentioned uh, sort of, well, not sort of really what what those core beliefs about money are, like real estate's good, it's 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 bad. How do you think about those 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 core beliefs, and and do you coach people to really address and think about that?
1: Um, I think that real estate is great. I think that money is great. I think that you should save for your future and make conscious choices with your current spending. Um, we, on our podcast, we preach the four tenets of uh, getting to financial independence is spend less than you earn, save money, start a business, and... Invest. Spend- Invest, invest. Sorry.
2: Spend less, earn more. Start a business <laughs> or invest. as the only four ways to build wealth. Yeah. With, with this, and you got to pull one of those levers, unless you're going to marry rich or inherit a lot of money or win it uh, in gambling. Yeah. We don't. We don't really talk about those as strategies, although they're very viable. Um, some of them are, are more viable than others.
1: I don't actually promote the whole gamble thing. Um, that's, <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm going to argue with you on that one, Scott. No, don't gamble your way to. That's right. Yes. Being a millionaire. I was, I was joking. Mostly, i know i know you're joking um but spending less than you earn is usually an easy lever to pull save the difference is usually an easy lever to pull invest is what kind of trips people up sometimes um oh i don't know how to invest i'm just not going to there's this thing's called an index fund and that is kind of the darling of the personal finance world it's really a set it and forget it operation you open up an account at fidelity you put money in and you say i want to invest in this index fund there are multiple index funds to choose from this is not financial advice however vtsax
0: nope totally feel like it is
1: f-r-k-o-z The um, VTFX is the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. Most people in the personal finance space love Vanguard. I think Fidelity has better customer service Um, when it comes time to get your money out, which is the most important part. So I go with Fidelity when I can. And that's F-R-K-O-Z. I think it's the exact same thing. Um, And you just put your money in there. And they buy that much of the stock of the index. And then when you have more money, you put it in there. It's best to do it on a regular basis. You know, every pay period or once a month or once a quarter, throw money at your index fund and you can kind of just watch it grow. Sometimes it'll go down a little bit, but, you know, past performance is not indicative of future gains. But for the most part, the history of the stock market is up and to the right.
0: I like it. So as you all are putting pen to paper and actually going through this book, um, so much experience and and knowledge and wisdom that that goes into this, what what are you proudest of, or or, or maybe what did 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 you did, did you go into it saying we definitely don't want to write a book like this, and then what what are you proudest of?
2: Well, I I I think that. Um... I, I'm proudest of the, the way we framed the book and the approach we took, right? Because most people get hung up on finding a good deal or the, you know, whether they should you know negotiate the water heater with the seller, you know, to replace it before they buy or whatever. And when you think about the context of making your home purchase. The biggest part, the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars decision that you're making is whether to buy the nicest possible house on top of the hill at that limit of your purchasing power and put all, put down as much as possible and leverage yourself to the hilt. right? And that's the piece that people most people overlook. At first that's a hundred several hundred thousand dollar decision getting a good deal is the twenty five thousand dollar decision and negotiating the water heater with the seller is the two thousand five hundred dollar decision so your stakes magnify tenfold down that spectrum and of course we're going to talk about how to get a good deal and have a a robust approach there and of course we're going to talk about what to worry about and what not to worry about inside the inspection um report and how terrifying that is but i love that we start with the, you know it, it, it ramps the stakes ramp down as you move farther down the process, form your strategy and then begin executing it. And so I think we really that that really came together nicely. And then um, we we have very different writing styles and we were able to uh, with the help with the help of a, a, our, our editor really merge those, I think, into a fun um, tone with with some some world class puns that ended up making it into the final version of the book. So that, that's what <laughs> I would say I'm most proud of with the book.
1: And I would say that I am most proud of the the, the the feedback that I'm getting from everybody who has read it is, I didn't know that. I never thought of it this way. I didn't know that aspect of it. I didn't realize this was part of it. And that's what I really wanted to convey with this book is buying a house is not just, oh, here's $100,000. Thanks. We're done there's a lot of steps involved. There are a lot of real estate agents who are really, really great at walking a first time home buyer through the process. And there are probably an equal number of real estate agents who are not so great at walking you through the process. Either they've done it too many times and they've forgotten the basics or they have, you know, haven't learned how to teach people how to do these things, there's a lot involved. There's a lot of, you know, Scott offhandedly calls the water heater, the $2,500 decision. That's still a lot of money. You can lose a lot of money or lose out on the opportunity to, you know, get reimbursed with some of that money simply because you don't know what you're doing. Oh, I can have somebody come and inspect the house and then I can ask for money off of the house yes you can and you should I mean in this market maybe not but you are at least aware of how it works so what I am most proud of is that so many people have come back and said wow I really learned a lot from reading this book
0: yeah well that certainly makes sense whenever you can get that kind of response I think that that is an awesome thing so you come together two different writing styles you, you 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 hash it out. The editor plays moderator sometimes. Is there going to be a second book, or is that it?
2: Yeah, Second Time Homebuyer. It's coming out in 2023, <laughs> so you can guess what that one's about.
1: There will be more books, because I think that Scott and I have a lot of collective knowledge in our heads. Um, I don't know about purchasing but i don't know that you know house house purchases but i don't know that there isn't i guess you'll just have to stay tuned
0: yeah so i I, so the answer to the question is that you're not wanting to kill each other after this process
2: oh we don't have a specific book planned but yeah i I would be delighted to write another book with mindy okay perfect i love it and do
0: y'all have a favorite real estate book aside from your book
2: A favorite real estate book. Or just favorite
0: book, favorite movie, favorite song, favorite dinosaur, whatever. I have a favorite dinosaur. Yes. Favorite dinosaur, (laughs) Mindy.
1: Uh, My favorite dinosaur is the Triceratops because it is such a unique looking dinosaur. And also I have a daughter named Claire. So sometimes we call it a Tricleratops. And (laughs) I learned a couple maybe a year ago that there is a company in Europe that will make a replica dinosaur skull for you so I have one on a boat coming to me right now and it will hang over my fireplace
0: and is it a a Tricleratops?
1: it is a Tricleratops. it is (laughs) I think it's more like a teenager Tricleratops because the full-size one is six feet wide and I couldn't get it into my house Right. We bought a a smaller one because you know people put moose heads over their fireplace, which looks kind of cool, but you have to kill a moose for it. This dinosaur is already dead, and it's
0: a replica. <laughs> awesome,
2: <laughs> love that, with, Scott. With the with the books thing, we we have a whole catalog of books at Bigger Pockets, so we always like to reference those and that kind of stuff, but. So, yeah, a book that I have no financial ties to uh, or anything like that is, I would say, the Psychology of Money. It was one of the best new reads that I've had in oh. a while um, for personal finance and investing set of principles. I really thought it was thoughtfully and artfully done by Morgan Housel.
0: Outstanding. Do you have a favorite dinosaur, Scott?
2: Um, the Tricleratops is going to be hard to beat, so uh, <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably stick with that one as well.
0: You, y'all apparently have an affinity for puns, and we were able to marry that into the dinosaur question. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I would like to clarify that Scott has an affinity for puns. So I am just here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have an affinity for
0: dinosaurs. Okay. I love it. <clears throat> all right. Well, Scott and Mindy, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they hear the podcast? Where can they pick up a book? Give us all the places.
1: So I am all over the website called biggerpockets.com where we teach people how to invest in real estate and I can be reached there. I'm your first contact if you make an account there. Um, the podcast is called bigger pockets money and it is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. The book is called first time home buyer and it is available at biggerpockets.com slash lifeblood in honor of your show.
0: Outstanding.
2: Anything uh, to add there, you Scott? Can find me at all, all, you can find me at all those same places um, and in the Bigger Pockets Money Facebook group, which is one additional area. Facebook.com slash groups slash BP Money. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I
0: did, show Scott and Mindy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of First Time Home Buyers, the complete playbook to avoiding rookie mistakes. Go to bigger Pockets com. Check out all the awesome resources they have. Check out all the other books that they have. Check out the Bigger Money podcast or the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, um, which I know that I'm going to because I can already tell how much fun Mindy is. Scott, you're obviously very funny too, uh, and I expect more puns as I tune in there as well. Check out <laughs> Big Pockets him. Facebook group. Everything else. Thanks again, Scott and Mindy. Thank, Thank you,
1: George, for having us. This was fun.